Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This is Kansas State's Felix Enidike Uzama, and you're listening to the PowerCat Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to the latest edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast brought to you by the Fritz Wholesale Liquor, Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, Ryan Gills, Gilbert from right here in the GPC studios, otherwise known as the place where Fitz pisses off Longhorn fans. But it's all about the Cyclones, Farmageddon, wheat and corn. What else can I say? Uh, the, uh, what's, the, what's the trophy we're talking about? The, um, the battle of the bridge, whatever the, Oh yeah. The battle for the bridge, the victor will claim the bridge and we will bring it home from Ames. If Kansas state can beat Iowa state on Saturday night at Jack Trice stadium, six thirty kickoff on ESPN. You how's our question today, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this podcast for some reason. I'm I'm ready to do this podcast. They're good. Are they as good as the fridge wholesale liquor? Yeah, okay. Um, make sure you stop by the fridge whenever you're in town and go check out the club special and the Cape Cod from our friends down at the part-time beverage company. Oh, my gosh. I had a Cape Cod last night. Like cranberry's not my thing, but my buddy Ron swears by it. And Ron tells me there's a whole new Gin product coming soon from Part-Time mm. Beverage Company. It's called Gin and Juice? It's called. <laughs> it would be good. It's called the Gin Ricky. It's got lime and gin, and I don't know. I'm not a gin guy. I'll stick to the club special. You can find it and so much more at the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Make sure you stop in and say hi to Kevin and the gang whenever you can and need Booze. On the corner of? This and that. Hey, Ryan Gilbert, are you going to sit over there and yawn like that the whole show? No. Are you bored by what I'm saying right now? I'm bored by how much I want a club special. 
Well, there's nothing boring about that. Who's got the questions from Wabash Station in the first half? I'm going to say Cole Carmody. Take it away. Yeah, there we go. Uh, the first question comes from Twin Cat One. What were the main causes of these struggles in the red zone in the first quarter? I just don't think they were very focused. And I think what Chris Kleiman said at Tuesday's press conference and the players confirmed that he got after him at halftime. I just don't think they were locked in. It's a concerning trait of this team. It looks like they slip into neutral at times. They did it the entire game with Tulane. They did it for roughly half the game against Texas Tech. They played the whole game with Oklahoma. They're going to have to play whole games. I don't know if that's necessary Saturday because I can't get a grasp on Iowa State, but I don't think they're very good. But eventually, you're going to run into TCU and Oklahoma State and Baylor and Texas. You're going to have to play full games to win these games. I think it's one of those things to where K-State got up early and every single player on that team has beaten Texas Tech. There's not a single player on that team that's lost to Texas Tech in their entire careers. And so they thought, we're playing at home. You know, As a player, they said, we're playing at home. We've beaten them. We've never lost to them. We got up on them early. They're probably going to just roll down. We're just going to roll out here and do our thing, and we'll beat them. And... You know, I guess you could make the argument that if they didn't have the butt chewing from climbing, that maybe they lose that game. But in all seriousness, you know, were they right? Eh, maybe. But, you know, they, they, they just didn't they didn't execute in the first quarter uh, and really the second quarter either until they started to really break the run game open. So, yeah, I think that I, I'm not so much worried about this um, trait, if you would if you would call it that, simply because. The rest of the time, they know that, okay, there's probably going to be the teams that they're going to play are going to be just as good as them, if not better than them. And I I just don't see any game where K-State is a strange way how they jumped out and Mm -hmm. so fast. I don't I just don't see that happening the rest of the year. Answer of the question is play calling. I mean, they had a third and eight from the tech nine and they ran it up the middle for for one yard with Deuce Vaughn. That is all play calling. Yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense. And he got mad. You know, the execution, whatever, they need to be better. But, you know, when you're up 10-0, I get it. I think that's kind of where Kleiman shot himself in the foot a little bit, getting complacent, not wanting to turn the ball over, which is fine. But then he goes in the locker room and then, you know, lights a fire under his guys. I think part of this is on the coaching and the play calling. I mean, the first field goal, you had a sack. And then the second one, you had a penalty to start the – Okay, At least in the, in the red zone. So I think – a lot of it is just, you know, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Don't don't allow sacks in the red zone. Don't false start in the red zone. And you're going to have a much sure. better chance of getting in the end zone. I think you can look at, you know, you can say all you want about the play calling, which I think is, is fair in this instance. But at the same time, there were things that if K-State doesn't do these two things, they're probably scoring at least one of those touchdowns. Agreed. Play calling is two different things. You know, it's one thing if it's just a run on third and long. And I think the other is... You know, guys right. getting open, the actual schematics, like the plays that you put mm-hmm. in during the week. It's it's apples and oranges, and people need to remember that. I will remember that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Next question comes from Rick Bailey Emaw. Is the biggest problem with the passing game, A, receivers not getting open, B, Martinez not getting the balls to receivers when open, C, Colin Klein play calling, failing to fit our personnel, or D, other. I think it's everything put together. I don't think the receivers get enough separation to make Adrian Martinez comfortable. He saw some separation with Ben Sennett, you know, notably at Oklahoma, and made him a little more comfortable. I think they're being conservative. I think they're very can they continue to be turnover adverse. They just are so scared of the turnovers that I think it's 
handcuffing them at times. But I also feel like after the Tulane game, if forced to throw the ball, we'll see it. They'll, they'll be better at it because they proved at Oklahoma they can do it. And I think they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more at Iowa State. This is a good run defense. Tech had a good run defense, but this one seems better designed to stop the quarterback run game, as Coach Kleiman talked about, <clears throat> with how they use their safeties. They're going to have to loosen those safeties up to and throw the ball. If I was worried about this passing offense, I feel like my expectations at Iowa State would not be as high as they are going into the game. And we'll talk about the game, sure. But I think, I truly believe this, Colin Klein is willing to kill you by death by a thousand paper cuts. He will run the ball until he proves, until you prove that you can stop it. And when you prove that you can stop it, then he'll switch it up, right? It's like a boxer. If you can continuously knock him on his behind by just throwing a right jab, well, then you'll never set up. There's no reason to throw a haymaker. You know, ideally you throw a jab to set up a haymaker, but those haymakers haven't had to come because the jab has been working nonstop right. continuously. I think, so, I mean, are they going to have to throw a haymaker at some point, but until they need to, they just are fine with not. I mean, I think one of the problems is the, the running game might be just too good. Yeah. You get so many long runs for touchdowns or long runs to get you down to the red zone that you never have to pass it. You aren't used to passing it. So, and it's great that you're able to score these long plays and get in the end zone. And at the end of the day, it's about winning. But one of these times you're going to have to win by airing it out and throwing the football. Okay. What about the two lane game though, Cole? I think the Tulane game is it has a completely different quarterback than right now. If you were to play yeah. Tulane right now and have that quarterback that you have right now, they would not have lost that game. Yeah, Martinez is probably to blame for that loss, but the play calling was almost as weak, equally as bad. I think they're still they were still trying to figure each other out too. I mean, that's something that we haven't even talked about. But Colin Klein has even mentioned it. They're trying to still trying to figure out what plays they like. Adrian's trying to figure out what plays he likes. How do they gel together? How do they work together? Um, to answer this question, you know, I, I think it's D other. I think, again, Colin Klein has just stuck with what's worked. I don't think that's a problem. But I do think that they're going to have to open it up a little bit more this week simply because this Iowa State defense is, dare I say, the best defense they've played all season. So um, I think they're going to be able to run the ball because that offensive line is playing at a really high level. Uh, this is the highest level they've played all year against Texas Tech. It was impressive. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they have the guys to do it. I know that you can sit here and complain about the receivers not getting open, not having big plays. Sure, I understand that. But when you rush for 340 yards, it's hard to complain about the offense. I would agree. Um, I'm astonished that with the attention that Tech was paying to the running game that they were they were effective in the middle of the game. It took away Deuce, <clears throat> but eventually they had to make some plays. They took some more chances and paid for it. Iowa State's just going to be kind of suffocating. They, you know, they're not going to take a lot of chances. I think they're going to have to throw the ball. They just will have to throw the ball to loosen things back up. And I think in listening to Chris Kleiman on Tuesday, he basically said that. He expects a need to throw the ball at this in this game. The upside of it is... I think if you score in the 20s, your chances of beating this Iowa State team go, goes way up. So you don't probably have to be as effective or explosive on offense as you are in other Big 12 games. They are very offensively deficient right now. And if K-State's defense continues to pressure quarterbacks and they do that at Ames, we're going to see some turnovers. A, a byproduct of this offense, I think, is going to be teams playing a lot more zone coverage because – 
Adrian Martinez has absolutely been tearing apart defenses when they play man. Because if nobody's open, he's just going to run. And he's so fast. He's faster than every single linebacker they go against. He's faster than a lot of safeties they go against. So when they play man and they run routes down the field, the middle of the field is wide open. It doesn't matter if they have a spy on him because he'll just outrun the linebacker. So I think we'll see a lot more zone coverage the rest of the season. And and honestly, that's going to help. Because then those receivers who, let's be honest, guys, they're not the best playmakers in the world. They're not the type who's going to stretch the field. They can just sit in the zone, pick up 10, 12 yards, and K-State will be able to have a more successful passing game. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a magician. I'm not a prediction master, a maestro, as they might say. It could be. (laughs) But uh, if I were to guess, I would say that they're going to see a lot more zone coverage and that should help the passing game. So next question. I agree, by the way. Thank Thank you. Thank you. I agree. That's important to me. I need your affirmation. The next question comes from SES underscore ref cat. They are a first time question asker. So welcome to the podcast. We appreciate you asking questions. He says the past couple of years, K-State has recruited at a high level at quarterback. Avery Johnson, four stars, Jake Rubley, four stars, Will Howard, three stars. And of course, Adrian Martinez. Is it time they focus on wide receiver? Because it seems like they are lacking some quote unquote dudes for these guys to throw to. I don't think they haven't focused on wide receivers. It's just getting those guys to yeah. commit and executing that recruitment. Yeah, I mean, they've had issues selling the passing game. <clears throat> I think that should have been solved, but you know, they they need to get back in there and get some more receivers. There's no doubt this is going to be a transfer portal issue. This is going to be a JUCO transfer issue. This is going to be all hands on deck. They need to bring in some dudes at receiver. There's no doubt about it. They've got some young guys. But the fact that we don't see them consistently seeing the field tells me something. They're not rotating receivers like they rotate other positions or have rotated receivers in the past. That's an alarm bell to me. We're seeing fewer and fewer guys play receiver. They're just not getting on the field. Again, I'm alarmed by that. I don't understand that. We see them rotate other positions. Maybe it's a Colin Klein thing. Maybe he wants more set personnel out there. But receivers got to be an emphasis going forward. And I think if K-State can continue to, to prove that they want to throw the ball, they can throw the ball, um, it, will, it will come around. But, boy, it's hard to sell something when you're not showing it on the field. And, and that, that's going to continue to haunt Kansas State on the recruiting trail unless they can really put up some passing numbers here in the second half of the season. I have two words for you guys. Courtney Messingham. Oh, I thought it was going to be apple pie. If you are a recruit... I like that. Why? With with no offense to Mr. Messingham, would you want to go play receiver for him? No. At the same time, though, no offense to Klein, but he's a, a run first coordinator. Yeah. He, he's showing it this year. I mean, the offense is actually somehow showing less emphasis on the passing game. They're just not throwing it to Deuce as often. Well, and I and I'm not even necessarily talking about the play calling. I'm just talking about from a positional coach standpoint. So you can say the same thing with Jason Ray. You know what? Those two guys who have spent the last what four or three seasons at, as the position coach at wide receiver. Not exactly guys who, if I'm a receiver, I'd be wanting to go play I for. I would agree. So, I mean, there's a reason they're no longer here, right? I, I think that has as much to do with recruiting as it does anything. Courtney Messingham was not exactly the most dynamic recruiter in the world. I think we all can agree with that. So uh, the guys who are making an impact for K-State right now, the two best receivers in Phillip Brooks and Malik Knowles, were brought in by Bill Snyder's staff. So what does that say? 
You know, I mean, these guys are veterans who are still here. Um, yeah, it's an issue that they haven't brought in these guys, but I'm willing to let Thad Ward wait a little bit time because the guy they have coming in and Andre Davis is somebody who's going to be maybe not an immediate impact player, but somebody who will play on Saturdays for this program very early on. I'm willing to I, I'm willing to sit back and take a chill pill because you got to let Thad Ward work his magic a little bit, and it's not going to be an overnight change. But yeah, I mean. It's going to be hard to be much worse at the receiver position right. next year. But I agree with the premise of this this question. If you're able to get these good quarterbacks to come in and commit and and play for you at K State, why aren't you able to get at least you know one yeah you know top guy each year? You know, you look at Texas Tech. You know when they came out on the field and Cole and I were standing down there, <laughs> they had some dudes, tight ends, wide receivers. These guys stand head and shoulders above the guys that K-State brings in. And I don't know, you know, how much they play, how good they are compared to what K-State's guys are. But just when you talk about the body types of these wide receivers that K-State has and has had, you know, nobody, I don't think there's very many players on K-State that would be playing anywhere in the Big 12, you know, and, and most Power 5 institutions as well. Yeah. I'd so, say Malik, but... You know, Malik, that, Malik yeah. is truly the only guy, I think, on K-State's roster that could be plugged into any other, you know, power five school and, and possibly play there. But, you know, my point is you're able to get these quarterbacks. You should be able to get a four-star wide receiver. You know, there's more of them out. You know, there's more wide receivers than there are quarterbacks. They're going to be highly recruited just because, you know, it's a position of abundance. And I know it doesn't count and for anything. You need to find them. It doesn't count for anything, but they've been close a few times on the recruiting right. row. And They're I know it there. doesn't count for anything, but I think it will count for something because yes. they will eventually hit on somebody. So, yeah. Uh, next question comes from Nodka Cat. I'm going to say Noda K Cat. Nodak Cat. I don't know. Oh, I guess the K Maybe. is after the I'm a glad a I'm K. not asking these mm-hmm. questions. I just thought it was like Vodka Cat, which I was going to make a joke mm-hmm. for Fitz. But mm, thank you. Uh, Noda K Cat. Fitz doesn't drink. No. They'll have to t- this, this individual will have to tell us. First time question asker once again, so welcome to the podcast. DJ Giddens has shown great running ability on the few carries he has had this year, but I can only remember him in for one snap against Texas Tech. Their member would be correct. Why aren't we seeing him more in the backfield with or without Deuce Vaughn alongside of him? Oh, no clue. Next question. I really don't understand. <clears throat> He's been effective. He's a different runner. He's actually a great changeup to Deuce. And I think what happens is he comes in and they kind of relax a little bit and say, oh, we don't have Deuce. And then this kid comes at him. I I was shocked he didn't get any carries against Tech. I don't understand that. He's earned the carries. And, you know, I worry about wear and tear on Deuce. We'll see if he sees some more action at Iowa State. I mean, how many more games can Deuce Vaughn go down, come off injured for some – I mean – yeah, yeah, they've been very minimal injuries the last, you know, couple times. What, being dehydrated, then I don't remember what he Getting did. Getting the wind knocked out of him. Getting the wind knocked up, out of him yeah. by, you know, having a defensive lineman sit on him. I mean, that's what he said. That's what he said. He said he happened. fell on him. Basically yeah, fell on him. He saw it was happening, okay. and, you know, that's what happened. But, I mean, how much more, you know, when's the next time Deuce goes down and you're just, like, holding your breath, hoping he comes back up? And he's proved that he's very durable and a reliable running back but at a certain point you've got to run other running backs i mean this is the situation we found ourselves in last year where um joe irvin you know probably should have been getting more carries more appearances on the field and by the end of the season he's just absent it's just deuce vaughn so i k-state needs to show 
a different look sometimes and mix it up and, and get another wider or get another running back on the field because DJ Giddens provides a different skill set than what Deuce Vaughn is. I'll answer this question by saying this. DJ Giddens is not the second running back. He's the third running back behind Adrian Martinez. So Adrian Martinez is the changeup to Deuce Vaughn. Makes sense. I think that's how they see it. And if they're willing to live with those consequences of your starting quarterback being your second running back, then that's how you handle it. Because if you're the third running back, maybe you'll get a few carries a game. It's nothing against DJ Giddens. I, I agree that he should get those carries. But if you're t- you're telling me you're going to take those carries away from Adrian Martinez, I'm not willing to live with that. So I understand you know, the premise of wanting to see him out there, but I do believe that Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn work in connection as running back A and running back B. We mentioned the the wide receivers just a few seconds ago. If Giddens was going up against, like if the competition in that group for the running backs was that of the wide receivers, I mean, Giddens would be on every single snap. And that's like the frustrating part for me. Like Giddens is good enough. Like he said, Fitz, he has made the most of his carries and also it's key to keep Deuce Vaughn off the field at times. I mean, he cannot take a beating like this week after week. He just can't. I will say I'm a little surprised they haven't put him or Anthony Frias in more as a blocker, essentially. Deuce is a really damn long. good blocker, though. He is. credit. <laughs> he is. But, I mean, again, those are those hits that add up. I mean, when you've got a 220-pound linebacker who's blitzing and it's third and 12, I understand he's a good blocker. But it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to to put one of those guys in there just to pick up. To be a blitz pickup. Yeah. I mean, even putting Deuce out in the slot, which I think they did a couple times against Texas Tech, but I don't I don't remember what the look was. Yeah. I'm sure it was an empty empty set, mm-hmm. you know, with Martinez back there. But you can put Giddens out there and still put Deuce out in the slot. I mean, there's ways to to add tools to your offense that aren't just completely benching Deuce. I agree. I they they've got to get him out there at some point. And again, I come back to this same thing. You brought up Joe Irvin. Why aren't they on the field together at some point? Why isn't there something to put two guys that can both carry the ball in the backfield with a quarterback that can carry the ball all out there together? Maybe we'll see it. I don't know. The last question of the first half of the podcast comes from Wade Ram. Despite sitting at 4-1, and one, there's noisy fans that think offensive coordinator Colin Klein is doing absolutely horrible in his first year. Should we cut him some slack? Um, uh, uh, to a degree. I mean, look, it is his first year. You're going to feel your way along a little bit, kind of understand how how things go together. Uh, I think he's going to be an outstanding play caller. I think he has learned some lessons. I'm, I really almost want to reserve the right to see what happens at Iowa State because I think this is going to be a real challenge for him as an offensive coordinator. I think maybe where he's fallen short at times and maybe needs the assistance of a more of a veteran coach is making counter adjustments. You know, once the defense comes out and adjusts to what they're doing, like Tech did, I don't think he quite has the ability to immediately say, okay, we're going to switch to this now. And I think they had to go into halftime and regroup a little bit with the other coaches and say, okay, this is what we need to do. If they want to continue to do this, take away Adrian, we're going to do this. And so that's my concern is maybe the counter adjustments aren't quite where they need to be. And there are some times where play calling appears baffling, but I'll say this about play calling. If the play works, it's brilliant. And if it doesn't work, that was a crappy call. And it can be just one guy missing a block or one person on the other team making an outstanding play. And that's how fans define it. And that's not really what it is. Maybe it's a perfect play call. 
<clears throat> it just wasn't executed right. You can criticize him then for not having his players ready to execute, but uh, there is a point here where the players have to go out there and do their jobs. Uh, we're five games in. Come on, folks. It's not his fault that the wide receivers are subpar, right? Martinez was hesitant to pull the trigger on some of those deep balls. Like, there's only so much you can do as the coordinator, and not to mention the fact that Chris Kleiman is the head coach of the team. So ultimately, everything's got to fall back on him to some degree. So he's been fine. He hasn't been great. But after that two-lane loss, the whole team, including Klein, really flipped a switch. Mm-hmm. So after the two-lane loss, absolutely, I think you can – you can voice your opinion negatively on Klein, but right now, things are looking really, really, really good. Let me ask you guys this. Do you have any idea, through five games last year, how many points K-State averaged? Zero. I think that's probably too high. 28? 28.8. Wow. Good job, Zach. Zach was almost closer than you. Would you like to take a guess how many they have averaged through five games this year? I don't know. Why are we playing a game here? Just tell me the 32.4. Can I phone a friend? 32.4. So they're up. So there technically has been an increase, and this is with scoring 10 points against uh, Tulane. In conference play, they averaged 39 points through two games. So if you're freaking out about the offensive coordinator, take a freaking chill pill. Part of it, let's be honest, though, part of it is the defense is getting a lot more turnovers, putting the offense in advantageous positions. Teams are going for it more on fourth down this year, giving the defense a chance to get a stop and get the ball back to the offense. Especially in bad field position, too. I just uh, don't know. The tech call was bizarre. I don't understand the analytics going on here. I I don't see the risk-reward on some of these you know, down distance, time of the game type things. I think tempo is helping this offense, by the way. I agree. I'll throw that in there. I agree. And and I think they slowed down in the middle of that game, and then they had to speed back up. They didn't have many snaps on Saturday. They they were way down from what they had at Oklahoma. Do you go faster against Iowa State, try to catch them, you know, not quite able set to read the defense? That's what he, Colin Klein did to Oklahoma on purpose was to speed it up so they couldn't do the quick reads at – Honestly, what we heard about after the game was Oklahoma couldn't adjust to it because they had prepared to have a slow moping offense in front of them, and they just didn't didn't know how to handle it. Saturday's going to look like a Big Ten game. Oh, no, 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 no. So the game's on CBS? No, 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 no. We're not going to not yet. insult this game by calling it a Big Ten game because one team might score in the 20s, and that gets it out of the Big Ten. Oh, my God. I was sore to watch. Maybe K-State will score a touchdown. Like They'll get seven points, wow. but it's actually from a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it'll be like a lead in the Big Ten that can't be overcome by the opponent. Huh. That's it for the first half of the Pirate Questions podcast. Sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. More of your questions from Wild Station on the other side of this break. And at that time, we'll come back and talk more. That's how it works. Blah, blah, blah. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe. The leaders in K-State sports coverage will be right back with more of the PowerCat podcast.
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, and welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Make sure you stop into the fridge whenever possible. I need to get over there. I'm just, I'm overdue for some stuff. I need some stuff. I got to go get some stuff, and the stuff that I want is all at the fridge. Well, go get you some. Go get you some. What's it, what's going on inside? Is that a the mower? What is that? Who's who's making noises? I don't know. We're down in the dungeon. I can't see anything. Hmm. Anyhow, That's we're in the dungeon, dungeon known as the GPC Studio. I wouldn't really call it a dungeon. It's much brighter than yeah. the dungeon. He's just mean to me. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole, the bully Carmody, and Ryan, sweet as an angel, Gills Gilbert. That's Daphne. That's Not Daphne. Me. Oh, she's being so good right now. <laughs> then two drunk dogs. Here we go. More of your questions from all of our station. Gills, are you taking it away? Sure. Okay, let's do it. First question of the second half from Salt Hawk Cat. One of the talking points of why Adrian chose K-State was that he wouldn't have to run the ball as much. How clear is it that for this team to be successful, Adrian will have to run the ball? Was that uh, a talking point? Yeah, there was some talk about that, but I don't know that that was ever really – not it might have been fans. I mean, when you look at the first three games of the season, I think it's easy to to think of this question, I guess, and say, yeah, maybe he thought he was going to – throw the ball a little more than what he might run the ball less than what he did at Nebraska. Cause he was, he looked like a completely different quarterback the first three games than what he was at Nebraska. Now he looks much better, but probably less, <laughs> less passing and much more running. So it's just, it's completely different. He also scrambled a lot more in these past that's, two games. I think that's where, you know, I'd have to look it up and go play by play, but I feel like a majority of his yards was that aren't long runs come off of scrambles so it's not designed yeah so i mean i think that's just as much as him trying to make a play as it is him being a quote-unquote running quarterback but yeah i mean i i know adrian's talked about i view myself as an you know i'm a passer first i think if you ask him now he'll still tell you he's a passer first because guess what he plays quarterback he has to um but yeah i I think yeah k-state has to have him run the ball because if they don't then they're not going to be able to do anything now, this is interesting. He's running the ball basically at the same clip he did at Nebraska, about 12 to 14 times a game. He's at 14. He might be on the slightly higher side of that. What does having Deuce Vaughn next to him mean? Here's his season averages at his four years at Nebraska, 4.5, 4.3, 5.7, 3.9 yards per rush. This year, 6.5. So, yeah, they're going to run the ball because defenses can't figure out how to stop both of them put together, and it's highly effective. And 
he's not taking a beating either in the running game. If he's suffering any wear and tear, it's because he's so damn tired from running so far without anyone being around him that he might pull a hamstring. But it's working. They won't change it. He knows it's working. They're going to have to throw the ball at some point. Maybe it's Saturday, but no, they're going to keep running him. And, you know, I do remember people saying that he might run less, but hindsight, I never felt that way. I, I, I knew these two put together would be too much of an issue for defenses. You just can't ignore it. Adrian is Colin Klein if he was a player as far as he, that is how he is going to call the games. That's what I've seen. I've seen 2011, 2012 K-State with this offense. That's just the truth. I mean, how many times, you know, I go through and I put together those last 10 matchups and I go back to that 2012 year. It's like the leading passer, Colin Klein, threw 130 yards and K-State ran for 360 yards on the ground. And they won 55 to 20. Like that happened. And it's, I think that's going to continue. I do. That's 2011, 2012 teams had better wide receivers, though, too. True. They did. So if you want to go back to everything we've talked about, the passing game, if we're making comparisons, I'm much more worried about the, and I know this isn't the question here, but much more worried about the rest of the season from a passing and overall offensive perspective if we're comparing it to 2011, 2012. Because, you know, I think that's eventually where the comparisons are going to go this season because, you know, if they win at Iowa State, you're at the midway point you're three and oh in the conference and really in the driver's seat at that point so you know i think adrian if this offense is going to be successful i think that yeah you are going to see a lot more running that looks like 2012 because you know it's hard to stop when you have deuce there and adrian there Mm -hmm. i could be off but i feel like in 2012 k-state didn't make mistakes they they let the opponents beat themselves right but that was, the, o, the, that was the OU game this this year. If that's yeah. if that's what you're getting at, yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Do we agree? Yes. I don't even know where I was going with that, but but I just want you guys to agree. Sit very similar. About. We, we just want to just want your acceptance. Yeah, very similar. That's kind of how K State's been. I think we, we, we're right. always going to accept you, Ryan. Thank you. Okay. Next question. Was that your stomach? That was a yeah, stomach. That's my stomach. We accept Zach's weird stomach. I'm sorry, Mister. Can we get like better usernames, please, people? Come on. Want me to just go through and change Mr. Ziha? Mr. Ziha. There's nothing wrong with that. Whatever. Ziha! There we go. What will it take for Adrian Martinez to win the Heisman? Oh, no. It's not going to happen. I mean, he's the number what? Number five or number six shortest odds right now. now. K-State's got to win out. Yes. Including title game. They almost need to get in the playoff. Yeah. And I don't don't know how with the loss to Lane that's going to happen for Kansas State. That would happen for other schools, but not K-State. But, yeah, they got to win the Big 12 title probably. You're going, to need to, you're going to need to copy and paste the Oklahoma game six, seven more times, get to the, the Big 12 championship game, copy the whole season and paste that into that game, and then maybe. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Football. It's Command V. Command C, Command V. Well, Let's get Colin Klein really? on. Just, just <laughs> drop that, didn't you? <laughs> just just, just go ahead. Klein just I'm going to leave it in there. Shoot. It was very casual. Um, I could be coach of this team if, if that's what it, yeah, all you got to do. I don't think he has to do it every game, but when they're on a big stage like they were with Oklahoma, him playing really well will excite the voters. Yeah, what are you going to say? You're, gonna, you're waving your finger. We could get like voter fraud in on this. Why? For Martinez to win the Heisman. Am I the only one who's taking this question seriously? I am. Right now. 
I, don't, I just don't see how I need a few he's more. got so much ground to make games. up from those first three games. I get that. But remember when we had this conversation before the season started and everyone was like, oh, who has a better chance to win the Heisman? Is it Deuce Vaughn or Adrian Martinez? And I sat in this chair and I said, Adrian Martinez, because if K-State has a season they want to have, he is going to be the one that's going to be successful. Do you guys all remember when I said this? Who's, who's talking? Right Are you waving a flag right now, Cole? I'm not waving a flag, but I'm saying that it is not crazy. If he is fifth in the Heisman voting or fifth in the highest odds after two really good games, even with a loss to Tulane, if K-State wins out, He's probably a finalist. You made a fun noise. <laughs> that was my <laughs> voice. Did you notice it? I, I, I noticed I, it. I wasn't going to say hold it. Hold on. Let me, let me go cut and paste that and put it back in. <laughs> okay. He's a finalist. <laughs> he's a finalist. That's just how it works. Well, I, I don't th- make the rules. Here's the if thing about Adrian. He's high pressure. profile coming in. Deuce high profile coming in. They're kind of possibly hurting each other, but maybe they're helping each other. I'm intrigued by where this goes, but let's see what happens Saturday. Get the halfway mark. If one of them puts up huge numbers, again, this this is Adrian's opportunity because the defenses are going to adjust to try to take away the run. He must now prove he can consistently throw the ball along with the running, and that might get him in the conversation. He could take a major step forward on Saturday night. If he throws for 270 yards and three touchdowns. I don't think he's throwing it for 270. I'm just if they take try and pack the run like we think they're gonna do, I could totally see Colin Klein coming out and saying, you know what? We know they're gonna try and stop the run, but we're just gonna completely flip the script and, and throw the crap out of the ball. I could see that happening. But if he throws to if he throws two hundred yards or more, I would be excited. I would be I don't know what word I'm searching for. I would be very thrilled if he was able to get K State over 200 yards passing. How about fulfilled? Fulfilled. Cole, sure. I'm going to shoot you down. Oh. I'm going to ask you these questions. What school does C.J. Stroud play for? What school does Bryce Young, Stetson Bennett, these guys that are ahead of him? Sure. They've got I to choke and just start losing and turning it over for Adrian to have a chance. But my College football has Just because of the name on the front year. of the jersey, that's all that really matters. But see, I would almost argue that that would come back to hurt them because how many times have we seen a repeat Heisman winner? It doesn't happen. With, with I understand Bryce Young, but he won it. Right? It doesn't happen. We don't see repeat Heisman winners. Um, I'm not going to say that Stetson Bennett is even in that conversation because he's he's Adrian Martinez is a better quarterback than Stetson Bennett. If you what teams he Martinez, for? I understand that. Nationally, that. people don't give a you-know-what. I'm like, not going to curse again, Fitz. I feel like Gill's just really genuinely wants to know the answer. He sees the names on the odds and just doesn't <laughs> yeah, know who I don't they know. play for. <laughs> I know they don't play for K-State. The, the, the answer to the question is that I think, as a whole, a country, if there's a team like K-State who is making a playoff run, is more likely to want to see an Adrian Martinez be successful than a guy from a major blue blood Football school, but how much do most Heisman voters watch K State? How much do they watch Ohio State? He's a name brand, like we were talking about. Adrian Martinez is a name brand. It's not like he's just some random quarterback that's popped up for K State. He was known before he got to K State. That's one he of was the. On, I hate to say it, but he was known for sure being a you know he turned the ball over. I, I, sure, but you know what they say. There's no such thing as bad publicity, and I honestly think that would help his case. So I, I, I'm just – we're a long way from actually having this conversation, but you don't have to squint your eyes to see that he has a realistic chance if K-State stays on this path. Things have to fall – everything has to fall in the right place. I'm not saying it's impossible, but 
if you if you're so confident, what's got on your computer? Get on a, a legalized sports book and, and get on Caesars. Yeah, Caesars has to be Caesars. I'm on, I'm on Caesars right now. From Ghost Day, Kate is K State going to be a team that peaks at the end of the season? Yeah. Whoa! My goodness! <laughs> I don't. My uh, stomach is um, disgusting. I typically are, but you know, you just got to play through the schedule. I mean, I there's that string of games with Baylor and Oklahoma State, and it's going to be a challenge. It's a challenge for everyone in this conference. You really have to just get through the week at hand. It's going to fall on Chris Kleiman because he mentioned it today in the press conference. Once stuff gets onto film, you know, it's a chess match with other teams and other coaches. So that's, I, I mean, obviously you get some experience under your belt. Martinez is obviously playing the best football probably of his career right now. But if you don't adjust and make changes, because K-State's, you know, other teams are going to sort of crack what they've got going right now. Is it going to be Iowa State? Who knows? But somebody's going to stop Martinez running for a bajillion yards a game. A bajillion? That's, that's a lot. Can I say this? I think that. K-State has not even come close to their peak yet because they've only played two games. And I know we – I'm not even going to talk. I'm not even mentioning non-conference because it's just a completely different team. It just doesn't look like the same team that played against Tulane, that played against South Dakota, that played against Missouri. The team we have saw the last two weeks looks like a completely different group. So, yeah, I think to answer this question, they will be peaking at the end of the season. Does that mean that they'll run the table and make it to the Big 12 championship game? I don't know. I think obviously fits like he mentioned, you got to play through the schedule, but this conference doesn't scare me. Like you've already played the preseason pick to win the conference or one of the preseason picks to that, you know, that the media was talking about winning the conference and you beat them on the road. The other preseason pick to win the conference in Baylor all of a sudden doesn't seem to look that scary. Um, and that you get Oklahoma state at home and you get Texas at home. So, I, I just don't think it's impossible that we see K-State make the run that a lot of people talked about prior to the season because, quite frankly, I think they have the talent to do it. There's a reason why they got all these players were voted, uh, all conference players before the season starts. And guess what? Every single one of those guys has lived up to the hype, by the way. I think there's a chance they can be peaking early to mid-November. I mean, from a from a schedule standpoint, I think that if you're really in the Big 12 championship conversation, your final two games are West Virginia and Kansas. So True. if you're six and one or seven and zero oh in conference going into those final two games of the year, or even you know you're you lose one of the games going into Baylor and you're you know a one loss team playing Baylor, I mean you're still you still have a shot at it. So you know some, Saturday's game against Iowa State is is critical if this team is going to be peaking at any point, you know. At the end of the season, I think if if they get this, they get through the bye week, you know, things happen at TCU, whatever. I think you can go down to TCU and win it. And then, you know, you got two games that are critical. And if you're able to win those games against Oklahoma State and Texas, I'm going to say you're probably pretty close to, to the summit there of your season. It's one of those things where if you can compare it to a war, because, you know, I like to make comparisons on this podcast. Yes. You know how, like in like Vietnam when they would run across the jungle and there'd be landmines and sometimes they'd explode and sometimes they wouldn't, right? You're running across the jungle right now and you just got to make it back to camp where you can regroup and get ready to go back out for the next wave. That's kind of what's going on right now. As long as they can avoid any missteps and they don't get, you know, in trouble at Iowa State, then I think they're sitting really pretty for the second half of the season. I mentioned this in our group text after the OU win 
about how Chris Kleiman needs to be more consistent because he's gotten some really big wins throughout his time in Manhattan, but also some ugly losses. And you mentioned, Zach, West Virginia and KU to end out the season. Those are pretty much, I mean, KU right now, let's, let's be honest, they're going to come back down to earth, right? Are we in agreement there? So those are two easy wins right now, in my opinion. I have no, there's no guarantee K-State wins those games, though, because K-State, look at last year. Was that the last game of the season against Texas, regular yeah. season game? Yeah. K-State had no business losing that game. Nope. So, I mean, the pandemic season, K-State lost five in a row to end that one. And then the West Virginia loss in, in 19 at home, that was a one they should have won. So, as, as much as I want to say K-State, because if you want to win the Big 12, you got to peak at the end of the year. Duh. I just don't, I'm not fully confident in that happening yet. Kleiman's got to prove it to me. Valid. Very valid. All right. Last question of the f- podcast. Sorry. Excuse me. Do you know what, man? You got to get focused. I do. Okay, here we go. I do. Last question comes from our friend Chris, 66204. It's only week three of conference play, but which Big 12 team run, teams run the risk of packing it in for the season if they lose this week? Oklahoma losing to Texas, Iowa State losing to Kansas State, Texas Tech losing to Oklahoma State? OU. I think it's uh, Oklahoma. To pack it in? Uh, it's it's New either them or staff. Iowa State. It's not Texas Tech. I would say Iowa State if they lose. Because they've, I mean, I get it. Baylor's a good team, but you lose it to KU and then K-State, it's like, dang. Well, our I season's think, over. I think West Virginia, it's... <clears throat> they've already packed it in. Yeah, I, think they're, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think their coach is going to survive the season, so that'll be packed in. But I, I would agree with Iowa State. I don't think Oklahoma's going to pack it in, guys. I think Oklahoma is so confident that even after an 0-3 start, if that's what happens, they're going to look at teams like Kansas and Iowa State and think, we can beat these teams. They stink. Well, how long is Dylan Gabriel out? That's the valid point. We don't even know if he's going to be available Saturday. I don't know how he would be, but, yeah, I mean, that plays a big role. Do so you really want General Booty back there as your quarterback? I do like some General, General Booty. booty. Not, he, not, wow. Not specific Booty. His brother, but General Booty. General Booty, yeah. the legend of General Booty, will be born. That nobody will watch it, though. By the way, just because Fitz says nobody. No, nobody's supposed to watch that game. By the way, um, and according to OU and Texas fans, there's only twelve of us, so it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm of the belief that if you get a flagrant targeting call that injures an individual, you can't play until they can play. I wish they would make that rule. I think, or maybe you put a cap on it at you know three games or something, but. They may need to make it more severe, and I think that's a good way to do it. If you deliver a hit so vicious that, like that hit was, you shouldn't play until the other guy can play. Was the player ejected? Yeah. Okay. It was targeted. I, I was, didn't. I never saw that. It was a slide. Okay. It was a slide, and he just hauled off and bounced his head off the turf. Like a Trent Green? I didn't see it either. It was bad. It was really bad. And I know that there's a hair trigger there. There's a small window, but that one in... When you hit someone sliding that hard where they get a concussion, you should probably be done until they're ready to play. Does Tech have any chance at beating Oklahoma State this weekend? I hope so. (laughs) If Tech just (laughs) – I just remembered. (laughs) Tech stops turning it over. Sure. Uh, No, I I have a weird feeling about that game. So here's what I've done. I'll make my picks later in the week, but I bet against myself with a parlay. Three games that I'm going to pick the other way, I picked – for underdogs to win, and it's a significant payout if it happens. And all of them are possible, but that's the one that's the most tenuous is Tech at Oklahoma State. But Oklahoma State's coming off a big win. Tech's got some stuff that they can do pretty well. 
I can see them outscoring Oklahoma State. I can see it happening. K-State and Tech play. That's probably five out of five or five each, you know. Maybe six mm. out of four, but yeah, I think Tech, particularly down if there. If Tech didn't turn it really? over on Saturday, mm. the Red Raiders win. I completely disagree with both of those statements. It's like seven it's, to three, eight, yep. to, eight to. But eight that's to the thing, though. Two. Tech does turn it over. That's kind of their mo. And when you run that fast, yep, it's feast or famine. Yep. And your defense is on the field all game if it doesn't work out. So I think had K State not left Tech in the game at times, we wouldn't be saying it's a five and five or six and four yeah. split. Well, I, I turned. I turned to Fitz right after that fourth down stop in the second quarter. Said K State scores a touchdown, this game's over. Yeah, they kicked a field goal and left him in the game. But if they would have scored a touchdown, the game would have been over. I know, I know. And that, but that's credit to Tech. That's two weeks in a row that that's happened. They've turned it over early enough in the game to be knocked out, and they stopped the touchdown from happening. I don't know how they do it. I don't understand the analytics of going for it on fourth down in your own territory with the game still in hand and plenty of game to be played. I just don't see the risk reward but that's what analytics are about are we done that's it that's it that's it it for this edition of the power cat questions podcast it was fabulous i think we can all agree we're sponsored by the fridge please stop into the fridge whenever you come to town but i don't think kansas state plays another home game until like 2027 i'm just gonna feel that way after a road game an off week and a road game and then home we miss everyone come to town. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.